this weekend at the box office. It was the calm before the holiday storm. So everything dropped by the same amount and stayed in the same positions. But just like the oil in that temple in Jerusalem, the podcast keeps going. We say shalom to Hanukkah and shalom to Christmas by watching a movie involving neither. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this, the 178th episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone, welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah, and I'm going to let you in on something a little embarrassing to myself, which I think is uh, only appropriate as the uh, resident non-Jewish person. Uh, as you were doing your intro, uh, you were doing the, uh, we, we say, uh, Shalom to uh, Hanukkah and Shalom to Christmas. Yeah. My brain went, oh, right, because Shalom means hello and goodbye. Yep. Uh, it sure does. <laughs> then I realized that I was thinking of an entirely different word in an entirely different language. Hola. Uh, aloha. Aloha. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I, I, felt, I, felt, I felt it appropriate to give a little window into my uh, goyishness, mm. as you might say. I. So there I am. You're a gross laid, goy. Laid bare. That's a little uh, a little hurtful. You're a ghoulish goy. Okay. I'll a take gremlin-y goy. <laughs> How about a good goy? A goober goy. Ooh, like a chocolate-covered peanut? No, like a goober. Like what you'd call someone who's like... Okay. Like, oh, you know, he's a goober. All right. I'll take that. Who like slips on a banana peel. Sure. I did that once. I didn't slip on a banana peel, but I fell as though I did. So you I didn't did. do that once. No, but I, I did. I did that once. I didn't slip on a banana I did, peel. I did the the full, like, feet out from under me fall on my back. On purpose? Uh, no. It was, uh, you were actually there. It was in the uh, the old basement. And I just I just hit a uh, smooth spot huh. on the floor in my I was socks. There. You were. And I went, like, full cartoon oh, pratfall. You know I, I, I remember hearing the whoop, and then just the... <laughs> Yeah, then, then the birds around my head, the big yeah. bump. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was a whole thing. I yeah. uh, let's get into our top five this week. I uh, we recently watched House of Gucci. You might recall. I uh, so in uh, celebration, recognition, recognition. I'm not looking to celebrate, but to recognize. Uh, I have done my top five Ridley Scott movies. Uh, bearing in mind to the uh, listeners at home, not seen most of them. Uh, so this is really a top five of Ridley Scott's like greatest hits, because uh, I've seen I've seen uh, all the big ones I'd say, except for one notable exception. Uh, what is that? I either haven't seen or it's been entirely too long since I've seen Thelma and Louise. Ooh. So apologies to Thelma That's and a Louise, good one. which I'm guessing would make this list, but instead we get number five, Black Hawk Down. Black Hawk Down's great. It is. It's a uh, it's a very uh, very fun uh, fun little war movie. Good to watch for the uh, multitude of uh, actors before their big day. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot of a lot of guys you recognize doing bit parts. Mm-hmm. I don't have the IMDb in front of me, but uh, you know Ty Burrell is in this movie in a small role. Well, there you go. Uh, the uh, yeah. Gee, that's the first person you thought of that. that was yeah, it? that Ty Burrell is actually Huge. like my, like the the representative in my mind what? of weird guys that are in Black Hawk oh, Down. Oh, weird guys. Okay, because like, 
Hugh McGregor, Josh Hartnett. Yeah, these are all these are all good ones. William but like, Fitchner. But it's full. Isn't isn't Jason Statham one of them? I don't think so. I guess I should have kept the IMDb up. I, I'll have you. Uh, I'll have you take a look at the list while I. Uh, no, he's not. Okay. I, but Tom I'll, Sizemore, Hugh Dancy, Ian Griffin. Jan Griffin, of course. Jason Isaacs, Tom Hardy. Apparently. Tom Hardy's who I was thinking of. In Matthew Marston, Orlando Bloom. Yeah, there's a Sam Shepard, Eric. Shut up, Sam Shepard, Eric Bana, William Fitchner. John, I thought it was Jeremy Strong. It's just someone named Johnny Strong. <laughs> Johnny Strong, right from <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Nikolai Coster Waldau, Ron Eldard, Glenn Morshauer, Jeremy Piven. It's a very cool cast. Ty Burrell. Yes, Ty Burrell. Uh, number four, Gladiator. Uh, Over Black Hawk Town. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, Interesting. It is, to me, a fun movie that has some uh, some craters that I could do without, some dips in the middle. But, like, I gotta, I gotta give props to the, the, big, uh, the big fights, the big speeches. Uh, I am... Uh, you know, I am I am Maximus, uh, husband to a murdered wife, father to a murdered child, etc. That's like that's some that's some of the best shit that we've gotten. Very cool, and it earns it a number four spot. Uh, oh, I, mm, there's mm-hmm. four movies left. Oh, there's only three. No, I know, but there's four movies. Oh, I see. Left there's that you four. Could pick. I see. All right. Uh, at number three, we'll say it at the same time. Is the Martian. Magic Man. No. no. <laughs> Now, Matchstick Men, I considered. Uh, probably, oh, it's not even on the list. No, it probably no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, at this I point, you really, really liked. Matchstick I really, I really enjoyed it when I watched. I guess it. I'm overestimating but, how much you liked Blade Runner. No, I. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the problem with Matchstick Men is that I saw it when it came out in theaters. I was like, that movie was awesome, and I have not seen it since. Mm. So I did not think I could rank it appropriately, but I remember it being awesome. But no, The Martian comes in at number three. It is uh, in my in my estimation one of the one of the greatest purely like popcorn uh, entertainment movies of uh, certainly the modern era. It's just kind of just kind of perfect fun all the way throughout. Ending's a little rocky, but uh, why? Just the whole like shooting him into space and then like he has to leap through space to get to the the shuttle is just seems it seems a little hokey for the uh, the otherwise like air quotes relatively grounded approach the rest of the movie took i but it's it's just a lot of fun i could watch the entirety of the martian at any time mm-hmm. uh, great stuff number 2 blade runner blade runner indeed yes i uh, just outstanding science fiction uh, harrison ford uh, near near the top of his game uh, not quite the, there no, not quite. So close. Uh, <laughs> um, Rutger Hauer, incredible in this movie. Top of his game, uh, to my knowledge. Okay, great. I can't, I can't pretend to be a uh, a huge Rutger Hauer head, but uh, but yeah, does does great work. Okay. Uh, awesome, uh, awesome aesthetics. Uh, great, great story. Love Blade Runner, uh, but not as much as my number one, which is Alien. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I. Uh, one of my uh, one of my favorite science fiction movies of all time. One of my favorite horror movies of all time. I uh, just I don't I don't know what what else I can say about Alien. It's incredible. It's uh, Sigourney Weaver. 
It's you know? incredible. It's a Gurney <laughs> Weaver. Yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you know? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Aliens number one. I think that's what I would say if Sigourney Weaver walked into my room right now. <laughs> it's incredible. It's Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. I'd go, it's incredible. Yeah. It's Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it's a distinct name you have there, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Sigourney? Don't get a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, those are my uh, my top five of Ridley Scott's greatest hits. Apologies to Thelma and Louise and to, like, ten other movies. Well, they're dead now. Yeah. Uh, but our top five at the box office this weekend. Uh, you know how Thelma and Louise ends, right? Yes, I do. Okay, great. <laughs> they get uh, into a plane crash. No. But they're each driving separate planes. No. You drive a plane, you're f- right? You're getting further from what happens. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're not each in their own plane. Uh, not mm-hmm. connected. No. At the end of the movie. Famously, they're in the same vessel. <laughs> Are they? What is it like? An escape pod? From the Nostromo? No. What am I thinking? <laughs> Alien? Yeah. I uh, No, I know how it ends. Number one at the box office this week was still Encanto. That made $13.1 million. Mm, it's a sequel. It was <laughs> still Encanto <laughs> again. Uh, Continues to be Encanto. It was a 51.7% drop. That's up to $58.3 million. Ghostbusters Afterlife came in at number two with ten point three million. That was a fifty-seven point two percent drop. That is up to a hundred and two point two. House of Gucci came in at number three with seven million dollars, a fifty-one point five percent drop. That is up to thirty-three point eight million dollars. Christmas with the Chosen: colon, The Messengers opened at number four with four point two million dollars. I uh, though it must have opened early because uh, it, it has nine. Wednesday. Yeah, it has nine point one million total. And Eternals came in at number five with $4 million, a 48.4% drop. That's up to 156.6. You know what I just realized is funny about the title Christmas with the Chosen, the Messengers? What? It's a faith-based movie. Aimed at which faith? I Probably not the Chosen. Yeah. <laughs> my guess. Christmas with the Jews. Yeah. The Messengers, but <laughs> you guys aren't the Chosen people. Anyway, yeah. that's pretty funny. Our feature presentation... Season screenings. Doing that first. Love it. Uh, Hanukkah just ended. And so to bookend it, we, you know, last year uh, we watched Eight Crazy Nights. Boo! Because that was the Hanukkah movie that's been made. Um, we didn't want to do that again this year, so instead we sought to find the most Jewish movie ever. So uh, Noah went to Google, typed in J-E, and it just if autofilled Jewy movies, which I was... Okay, and it had the little and then symbol you of a search very, before. Yeah, then you cl- and then also a very Jewy movie. I'm like, it's not goofy. What <laughs> yeah. are you talking about? Um, and then I, I used the old "I'm feeling lucky" button, and <laughs> we went with whatever came up. Uh, so we, we we thought about it. And we 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 picked a serious man. Yes, released October second, two thousand nine. Written and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen, starring Michael Stuhlbarg, Richard Kind, Fred Melamand, Sari Lennick. Amy Landecker and Adam Arkin. 89 on Rotten Tomatoes, 84 on Metacritic. We had seen it, we saw this in theaters. Yes. Um, I own it on DVD. We've seen it uh, maybe once. I, I, I know I've seen it since it came out in theaters. Yeah. So, yeah, once or twice since, uh, yeah, since yeah. it came out. And if I would have bothered, I could have probably found where this was on my list in 2009, but 
I don't know anymore. Wow. Um, but uh, what what did you th- what what is your history? What do you think of a serious man? I I remember so curious. I remember when the serious man came out, being uh, really impressed by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was uh, this was this was right in the time when like I did I did have an eye for good movies. I like to think of an eighteen year old going to see a Coen Brothers movie and just being impressed, just being like. All right. No, I mean, I just, I. Well done, boys. Well done. I, I, I really enjoyed it, but it was, it was more than just like, wow, that was a great movie. Yeah. It was like that was a, that was a thoroughly good fucking movie. Yeah. I, and my estimation of it has only grown since then. I, I, I think it, it, it might be, in the conversation of top tier Coens, like, like, abs, like absolute top shelf for me wow which there was a time when that was only two movies it was uh, fargo, fargo and no Oak country oh, and yeah, the rest i uh, you think this is up there with them i think it might be i think well uh, i also put burn after reading in that uh, in that tier since mm-hmm. my last rewatch and i think this joins it and i think uh, if i was to go back and rewatch there's probably like two more that would go into that tier. They're they're incredibly good, but this movie in particular, love it. How about mm-hmm. you? How was your rewatch experience? It's great. Uh, nominated for two, I think just two Oscars. Uh, I think original screenplay, maybe not even that. Uh, certainly nominated for best picture. I do know that, and I'm gonna find out. That was the first year the Academy expanded to ten. Okay. So this got in, um, but. Uh, not a widely seen film, and yeah, I I, I, I think it's great. I, I love it. Uh, it's really, really funny and dark and contemplative. Uh, also original screenplay, so two nominations. Um, uh, lost to... Uh, original screenplay in 2009, well, The Hurt Locker? Best Picture first. Oh, yeah, I see. Well, the, Hurt, uh, the Hurt Locker's my guess for both. It is. That's correct, yeah. I thought cool. Quinn won for Inglourious Passage. Nah. We went for Django. I. Uh, That's right. Yeah, and what else impresses me about this movie, bringing uh, bringing it back to the uh, the reason for the season, as it were. All right. I. Uh, I don't think that was necessary. <laughs> was it not? No. Why? Because we were still talking about the movie. I went on a two second tangent about Inglorious Bastards winning, and now we got to bring it back to the movie. God. No, I'm. Steer the ship. I'm not uh, bringing it back to the movie. I'm bringing it back to the, uh, not, not even back, uh, but to the season screening of it all. It gives me, and uh, it gives me like a a very strong impression of like a deep understanding of what it is like to be Jewish without like actually telling me what it's like. How so? What's it like? Uh, well, that's what I'm saying is that I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't relate to the experience of Michael Stuhlbarg, but I am, uh, I am just very thoroughly convinced that the Coen brothers know and have, uh, have detailed an incredibly rich, uh, sort of just culture into this movie mm-hmm. uh, that I just don't. Don't don't often see a, a, some something that is so so thoroughly understood by the filmmakers and by the people involved in making it that I uh, 
that I just get to like watch from the outside without yeah. being a part of, you know? You know, it's it's one of their funnier films. Uh, it's really, really funny. And so distinctly realized. Um, most of their films seem to take place in a heightened reality. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Or even The Lady Killers. Um, some kind of world that doesn't feel like our own. This sure. one does feel like our own. And just in the 60s. Um, and so many things are said without um, the movie explaining it. We never really understand why Richard Kind is staying there, why he's always in the bathroom. That's mm-hmm. just kind of dropped on us. The relationship with the, the, the neighbor is never, like, closed. That's just still lingering. Yeah. Um, really, the only thread that we finish is we don't know where his marriage stands after the death of Saul. Really, sure. what um, the only thread that closes in, in, that I can recall is the, uh, the 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 Korean student that he ends up ta- deciding to take the bribe at the end, right? And then is immediately punished for it, uh, essentially by God. Um, you know, the movie starts with a parable that the Coens created. It's not a real life uh, Jewish parable. Oh, really? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, they created that story at the beginning with the Dybbuk, and uh, and then the whole movie itself is a parable. There's this otherworldly events. Things don't make sense. It's increasingly frustrating to be Larry, him keep you know continuing to get pushed around or or kind of spoken uh, around as well by the rabbi or by uh, his wife. Or by his son, mm-hmm. or by the administrator who might give him tenure. There's, he's always talked in circles too, and so the movie um, doesn't feel like it has its feet on solid ground. So it, it always feels like it's a story being told to us, in my opinion. Right. Let me uh, let me let me ask you this because one of the, I think that's a that's a really interesting uh, interesting point you bring up about all the sort of. Uh, threads left unexplored uh, mm-hmm. and like plots left uh, sort of unknown is because one of the one of the most distinct impressions that uh, both this movie and just kind of uh, observing uh, the uh, culture and religion from afar uh, Ju- Judaism strikes me as like the the religion most comfortable with the unknown Sort of, you know, I think of uh, compared to the other uh, the other two big Abrahamic, you know, Christianity and Islam, obviously, like they have they have their uh, their messiahs. They have their like their rules and their guidelines. It's just like this is it. It's all it's all Jesus. It's all Muhammad. Uh, Judaism uh, famously does not have that uh, and seems to find a sort of comfort in it. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is sort of the uh but all the uh, all the rabbis uh, spoken to all give different kind of different answers that basically amount to like listen I mean this is how it this is how it is yeah I, and just kind of like that's that's how it's gonna be from what I know of our religion we don't necessarily believe there's an afterlife right. certainly we don't believe there's a hell but not really 
the idea of a heaven, our focus is on the time that we have currently mm-hmm. to do our most with it on earth and to help our community and, and kind of give back while we're, we have the, the opportunity. So, yeah, we try to be more focused on the present. And it's also, some, I don't know if you mentioned this, but, you know, the whole idea of an afterlife, but also just other religions as far as reincarnation and, and, uh, and, and other lives, the idea that you kind of perfect this or just go on these other journeys. We don't really have that either. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all about being very now, whereas Larry wants answers for the future. Yeah. Which, which Judaism doesn't give. Which we don't it's, really it's very, have. It's a lot more nebulous. It's, so, you know, we've got, we've got this, uh, this rich and, uh, historic, uh, culture and we've got this wisdom and we've got these texts and you might find comfort in, uh, in something from those. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they will give you a perspective or a, uh, a kernel of wisdom that will let you find peace in what you're doing, but we don't like have an answer. Yeah, there's there there is no answer, yeah. uh, and so I think it's fitting yeah. that uh, the all the plot in this movie. Yeah, there's no answer. Right. There's no there's no details. It just it just kind of is, and you can uh, take it how you want, but you've got to you got to kind of get there on your own. Yeah, I mean it's it's so well written. The the bar mitzvah scene is great, um, and it's full of like. You, you know, we were I, I said it's one of the funnier efforts, and, and there's a way to think of that as far as it's one of their funnier efforts is because of the things people say. Not like joke structures, uh-huh. but just, you know, the conversation they have where they say it's very affordable and, like, the parking lot thing. Oh, like my those, God, yeah. But, like, those aren't, like, jokes. Those are just comedic beats, like... But this movie does have, like, the one I'm thinking of more clearly is the bar mitzvah where everything's in slow motion, and the guy who holds the Torah just goes like, Jesus Christ, oh, it's yeah. so heavy. Yeah. That's just a joke. And uh-huh. it's not like through a conversation we get a funny line. That's, like, just a bit yes. that they did. And it's very funny. Um, everyone's so good here. Uh, Richard Kind is great, but it's Stuhlbarg's show. I mean, yes. this is where... You and I fell in love with him. Um, he's terrific. And uh, he's so... His little doe eyes are so good in this movie. Yeah, he's just his growing exasperation mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. Uh, just and, he, and even just like straight from the beginning, when his wife just comes in and is like, listen... You and I both know that it's like it's time to talk about divorce. Yeah. It's like what? Yeah, yeah. I, which reminds me, uh, speaking of the humor, I just want to shout out. Uh, I think my favorite bit. It's uh, definitely fun, your favorite the, bit. No, no, my well, yes, but just on rewatch, I think the the single funniest line mm-hmm. is uh, so the, his uh, his wife has asked him for a get. Which is sort of a uh, religious divorce, okay, is my sure. understanding. Yeah. And he goes, he goes to talk to the ra- the first rabbi, the young rabbi. Yeah, and he uh, he says to him like, "My wife asked for a get," and he goes, "A what?" Yeah, because that's the same thing that he said to his wife. Yeah, he said, "A what?" Yeah, yeah, and just the the religious scholar. Yeah, so he's being like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, and there's a pause, and then Larry goes. A get of spirit of what is it like a ritual? No, divorce. it's actually uh, the uh, the 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 rabbi gets there. He's like, he, he, she wants a get a what? Oh, a get? No, I th- I thought I thought Larry says something in between that, and then he just goes, well, get yes. I don't I don't I don't, th- I don't think it, but but I, either way, just the the little the little view into even this uh, this holy man 
just kind of being like a dude is like what what is that what what did you say what yeah. are you talking about also, oh right the, and the ceremony and it's also because you know like just get a divorce like yeah he's, he's probably thinking like oh i guess that's a thing people used to do yeah um but just get a divorce he has you know so that scene's your favorite scene of the whole fucking movie, because that's also the parking lot scene. Yeah, yeah, the the, the parking lot speech has stuck with me since uh, did, yeah. I think since leaving the theater to this day, I I've, I've thought about it often. An underrated segment is the teeth segment, I think. Oh, sure. And just that ending where he goes like, that's it, and he goes, what? Or like he stops halfway through the story, and he's like, so what happened? He goes, oh, do you want to hear the rest of it? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he goes... Okay. Yeah, and that's a, that's another that's another great illustration of uh, of Larry sitting there and like wanting the end of the yeah. story and wanting answers. And he goes, "What happened to the goy?" And the says, I don't see how that has anything to do with anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just com- just finding completely different meaning in something when Larry's just like, "I'm sick of this shit." Like, someone tell me what's going on. Yeah. This is insane. Yeah, nobody will. Do you think that was his family at the beginning? Um. And he does oh, like, like curse on like him. His, and he's been cursed since the beginning. Yeah, and it's kind of coming full circle here. Well, I got uh, I got perhaps the impression that they had uh, that in in the beginning the wife was right and they had avoided peril. Oh, well, that's interesting. I, uh, but I I don't know. I still haven't quite squared exactly what's like. Yeah. Is something going on there relative to the rest of the movie, or is it just like a nice little cold open? It's a great prologue. It is. It's a great prologue. All right, how many uh, out of four dreidels are you spinning? Four. For a serious man. Yeah, easily four. Yeah, it's all, four. All it's, at once. It's four for me as well. And they're all landing on the good side, the give-me-the-whole-pot side. <laughs> um, I don't know the names, but I remember the rules. <laughs> I also love the... Uh, there's so many just psych- There's so many little things, like the kid who just says fuck every time. Oh, yeah, fucker. Yeah, he just says <laughs> He's a fucker. fucker. They're both yeah. fuckers. And then the neighbor, when he's talking to the Korean father, and the neighbor walks up and he goes, "Is this guy bothering you?" And he's yeah. like, "No." And then he just walks away. And then Michael does like another look. Yeah, because like, he's standing there staring yeah. at him. And he's like, "What?" Yeah, this is great. Yeah. It's just the little moments are like we have these characters. What else would be funny here? Yeah. Let's use them. This it's is, incredible. These guys are geniuses. All right, and our stocking stuffer, our second Hanukkah episode. I had the pick, and I chose uh, high maintenance. Is the show. Season 4, Episode 9, the season, and then turned out to be the series finale called Soup, uh, which came out April 3rd, 2020, a few weeks after lockdown. This I, is your first time seeing High Maintenance. Yes. I truly thought this show had ended in, like, 2017. No. I, re- I remember, like, conversation around it back when it was, like, in its first and second season. That, that like would have pe- been 2017. I, I guess, yeah. And people were, like... People were talking about it. I remember you uh, you were watching it at least intermittently and occasionally telling me, like, you know, this show's pretty fucking good. Yeah. I, and I was like, yeah, I've heard that. And then I didn't hear anything about it uh, for several more years, so I guess I just kind of assumed it ended. Yeah, no, the first season was um, in 2016, and then, then season two was in 2018, early 2018. So they took a year off. Okay. And then 19, and then it ended... Started February 7th, 2020, ended April 3rd, 2020. So right before and then right after uh, the pandemic really took hold. Um, for those of you who don't know, the show is about a character named Guy. I think his name is just Guy. Yeah, the guy is what the description said on yeah. Max. Who, uh, it's generally two stories of just New Yorkers. And honestly, it ranges from comedic to sad 
There's diff there's all different races, religions, body types, ages. What it's just it's like a whatever we want to talk about, we're gonna talk about. Um, guest stars, people you just recognize in the show, and they have a little story. Sometimes they interconnect with the second story, but every time they are delivered at some point, uh, weed by the guy. Uh, who co-created the show, Ben Sinclair, who created it with uh, Katya Blitchfeld. Um, and they wrote and directed most of the episodes. Um, and then as the series went on, Guy would get uh, um, storylines and kind of a through, mm. through line of his ex-girlfriend and, and a dog that he, he finds. And um, in the last season, he joins a, a community garden and garden stuff, so he's in it more and... And uh, and it's nice. It's a terrific show. They they take um, they take chances with their storytelling, and yet it all feels as as I wonder if you could tell in this um, episode. It all feels very intimate and gentle. It's all it's all done with a lot of care. Um, uh, but they really discuss any subject under the sun. This was your first time watching it. I it want was. to know what you thought of High Maintenance. Uh, I thought it seemed uh, it seemed really good. You know, I I actually uh, I really enjoyed the the guy's storyline more. Mm-hmm. I and so I I think in a way it's kind of a bummer that like he's it sounds like he's generally not really a part of the show. Like he'll get he'll get some shine here and there, but mostly doesn't appear in it. Uh, and it just he seems like a, it seems like an interesting dude to follow around i uh, but i thought it was really well done the uh, the gentleness you brought up was really apparent there were no like no big like big blow-ups or like real big emotions uh even in the uh, the other the other storyline about a uh, sort of a surprise pregnancy there were there were moments when other shows would have been like oh we're fighting now like you said what and i'm I'm stressed about this, but instead of that, they just like both characters like apologize to each other and then have a talk, just like a regular, yeah, regular talk. And I was like, oh, this this is nice. I, uh, and yeah, I thought I thought it was uh, these pe- people were really well drawn in such a small amount of time, mm-hmm. and I am interested in watching more. You know, the um, what I think is also so interesting is it really just takes you into a into a setting or a community that you just aren't privy to, but you believe full, like you and I didn't know that the, these apartments or houses exist for, right. The flight attendants, yeah, for flight uh, the attendants. crash pads. Yeah, yeah. Who, who may not, you know, their flight may be canceled or delayed or they pick up a flight. They don't have time to book a hotel. And so they just come and go here and it's probably saves money. They all kind of split it. And especially with big hub destinations like New York, it makes sense. And it's a really interesting thing. Um, in general, and then there's like a little kind of sweet story about community. I also, you know, this is about Hanukkah, so we should talk about that. And then Guy's storyline is he's um, he's kind of accompanying his niece. Um, I don't know if he's going with her. I think that's the plan. Yeah, he's going they're, for the holidays. Yeah, yeah you're right. He they're was. They're both like living in New York, and so they're yeah, gonna she's fly going to together school. to uh, yeah, and back she's to, back home for the holidays. She's his brother, who's more straight edge. Daughter, she has. Um, some emotional issues. She takes some medication. She's clearly uh, um, just kind of a very sensitive young yeah. woman, and uh, and they spend time together that they haven't in a really long time. And I really liked how she starts off, as you kind of pointed out. She's she's kind of put off, not put off, but just like very like sarcastic. But it's because she's in 
Like, what I really love is they don't ever explain it, but when the lights go out in the Chinese restaurant, she almost freaks out and he has to calm her down. And you're like, yeah, it's because she has a lot of anxiety or, or, or depression or whatever. And so this is a new setting. She's unfamiliar with it. Her plans have changed. And so it's very disruptive to her. Uh-huh. So she's just standoffish. And, like, that just makes sense for her. She's not mean, but it just... Once you see that kind of happen, you're like, oh, she's just very... Um, she needs a steady ground, and it's not there, and so she's she's just very uh, a little unsettled by what's happening. Uh, yeah. and I think he does a beautiful job with her. They they light Hanukkah candles. They they celebrate. They eat a donut. Um, and uh, I liked when I don't want the kind of connection I, I made when watching it is that the other storyline with the flight attendants, all of them stuck there, is is. Not dissimilar to a bunch of people stuck in a temple. Um, oh, sure. And uh, there's not a connection with, like, lights or with oil. Uh-huh. But I just liked the community that was there, kind of a bunch of people huddled in one place. Um, and I don't know the full story of Hanukkah, but that is part of it. And so I liked that subtle kind of nod, if that even was intentional, to the holiday itself. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I think this is definitely the first stocking stuffer we watched that has felt sufficiently uh, holiday, uh, like specifically holiday themed. Mm. Uh, be it the uh, the flight attendant story about uh, finding finding community and finding like a chosen family, if yeah. only for the night, uh, or the uh, you know the guy uh, the guy and his niece's story, uh, like specifically celebrating Hanukkah is like a there's a there is a scene of that and they they both they both the uh, you know perform the rituals because the rituals are part of it there yeah. are uh, there are prayers but they're i think it's pretty clear that neither is like particularly religious no and they talk about birthright but he'd never went on it and and uh and and, and everything and she didn't really get a lot out of uh, the youth program she was in so yeah yeah, yeah, they're yeah but it, it's it's still even uh, even though neither ni- they're both you know far from far from orthodox or anything it is still a commonality between them that uh, that joins them together and helps them further bond in this moment that was uh, that was really nice and is exactly the kind of like uh, you know, I don't want to say schmaltzy because that's like negative connotation, but like you you want some like you want some some heart, yeah, some uh, a, l- a little bit of like, you know, family and bonding is nice in your holiday specials, yeah. Uh, and it was I was happy to finally get that. And I also really loved the ending, and I thought it's a great ending for the show. They decided to stop it. It really he leaves the city, and uh, um, and he's done that before. And one I think it was the end of last season. He took like a he rented a bus and drove it around. But um, but especially the the dog yeah uh, and what a beautiful kind of sentiment is that like because also it's it's not it's such a subtle show that he picked up on that as an idea because he knows her and the dog yeah it's not like you know at the end of the episode he decides to to have the dog be registered as an emotional support animal for her um, and I feel like in any other show when she meets the dog. She would be very nervous uh-huh. about something, and the dog would come, and it would calm her down, and then he would go, oh, I'm glad that he helped you, and then later he types that message. Right. But instead, she's just petting the dog, and he says, oh, the dog likes you. 
her mood doesn't really change, and then we see her sleeping with the dog, and then he decides to do it, and it's because he knows her better than we do. We just met her. Right. So the camera and the writers and the director are like, we don't need to show the audience this. It's him who has to figure it out, and he does, because he's involved. And then the audience will go, oh, that is nice. And I really love that very subtle plot device. Yeah. That's another uh, another example to bring it to, you know, back back again to uh, the sort of uncertainty of a serious man. Yeah. Like you don't you don't you don't always you don't always get answers. You don't always get specifics. No. Uh, sometimes you have to you have to make uh, make peace or comfort with these subtleties and generalities you get. Yeah. Which I'm I'm sure was not an intentional allusion to the uh, the spirituality of a serious man, but it's still a fun uh, a fun little crossover all the same. It's uh it's a lovely ending. It's a great show. Uh, and I would, would recommend, if it doesn't sound like your kind of show, season one, episode three is called Grandpa, and uh, it is a modern classic uh, told entirely from the point of view of a dog. So that'll oh, be what, did that early. That'll be what we watch at uh, at some point. But um, yeah, that uh, that's a, a great one. So yeah, check it out. It's on HBO. Cool. All right. Box office opening this weekend. Christmas with the Chosen, The Messengers, four million dollar weekend, nine million dollar five day. Faith based films always tend to do well. It's the biggest Fathom opening. It's a Fathom uh, specific release. Yeah. Based on a streaming series, it'll end up grossing more than The Last Duel, The Many Saints of New York, and Cry Macho. Um, it could stick around. It's gonna get real crowded, and uh, but faith based films can do that. So we'll have to see. I don't Fathom events also make me seem like it's. It's like a limited engagement. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know if that's the case. In its second weekend, Encanto made $13 million, down 51.7%, 58% for its two-week total. It's a bit of a drop, but nothing too terrible. Hoping for some nice holiday legs, but Spidey is not going to be so friendly of a neighbor. <laughs> uh, it has passed the boss baby family business to become the biggest animated film of the year, but all things considered, you would have expected more here. House of Gucci made another $7 million, dropped 51 34 total. It's a decent hold off a holiday weekend. You know, holiday weekends, especially the week after, are tough because more people have time off. It's a holiday weekend, so they feel they should do something, and that could be a movie, and so more people are just going to see theaters. Yeah. Going to theaters. With the holiday, um, though there's no shortage of competition and possibly an Oscar bump from nominations the film could get, um, it could get over $50 million, which would be a solid, uh, solidly fine, all things considered. And Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, made 2.6, down 49.5, 13 million total. I mean, it didn't sink like a stone in Weekend 2, so that's something. But on the other hand, when the numbers are this small, it really can't make much less. It probably won't get past $20 million, something that all but the first and last Resident Evil films managed to do on their opening weekends. I find it kind uh, kind of comforting to look at a weekend like this. When everything basically drops fifty percent, yeah, uh, and there's just there's just kind of a clear answer like, oh, what happened at the box office this week? Well, about half as many people went to the movies as did last yeah. week, just yeah. across the board. Yeah, that's open and shut. Uh, in our spotlights, Ghostbusters Afterlife has crossed a hundred million dollars at the domestic box office. Uh, with the holidays, it should it should be a solid performer, despite Spidey coming to town. I would sure. think. So. Especially because once it gets down to like the five million dollars, 
Um, that number is probably going to barely drop as the holiday weekends sure. go by. So get your, get your little uh, little mini holiday legs going. Yeah, so we could be into over 130, which would be great. And Licorice Pizza, shockingly, did not expand past those six, those four theaters. So it made another uh, 241000 dropped 30%, another 60000 per theater average. I don't know why they wouldn't expand it. But whatever. No, that's still a very strong per theater average, though. It is, but uh, you, at this point, you want to get it out there. But we'll see. Um, and that's it. All right. Well, then it's time to play everybody's favorite game. Did, Did it make, make more or less than, than Die Hard 2? We all know how to play. Name a movie. You tell me whether it made more or less than Die Hard 2 at the box office for a bonus point. You can tell me what year the movie came out. Are you ready to play? Well, I know you probably said this before. Why did you pick Die Hard 2? I, because I wanted to go i uh, wanted to go holiday adjacent yeah. or uh, holiday related yeah. i but did not want to go you know didn't d- both didn't want to go like traditional uh, you know like christmas with the cranks or some like explicitly christmas movie yeah. uh, and also didn't want to go like just like the whole die hard is a christmas movie is uh, okay. is kind of its own annoying cliche at this point All right. uh, so i pivoted a little uh, a little bit farther. I am ready. I. Uh, your first film is I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. More. That is correct. 2007. Also correct. You're that made li- like 130, didn't it? You that are fucking piece of shit. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Die Hard 2 did pretty well, though, so I don't know. But yeah, it didn't do quite that well. I. Uh, how about uh, Murder on the Orient Express? Oh, the uh, that's most recent question. version. I'm going to go obviously. less on that. That one is less. Yeah. That is correct as well. Yeah, because every time I go, that weighed way more. You're always like, Dyer 2 didn't no, no slouch. So, yeah, that came out in, oh boy, 2017? Also correct. Right. Uh, a firm victory so far. Uh, I'm still excited for Death on the Nile, though. Yeah, sure. I'm uh, despite its lead actor, not uh, Hukap Pluko, yeah. but uh, the other one. Is he like the lead? Other than either that or he dies. You know, he's okay. the one who dies. He's, he's I the don't. Depp. I don't know, but it's like him and Gal Gadot. Oh boy. Yeah, that are like top build. Uh, all right, uh, you've got another uh, another chance for an early sweep. Uh, so far, you have approached a sweep twice. And did it make more or less than Die Hard Two? Can you get it with Rango? Rango. 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 I'm going to say Rango made more. Rango did make more. Well done. And Rango came out so? in 2000. Oh, shit. I bumped the mic. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm going to say 2011. You know, the added pressure here I think is interesting. If I, like, opened with Rango... I think it probably would have just been well, yeah. Uh, now pronounce you. <laughs> I, I knew Larry. the other two uh, cold. Yeah. yeah, just like oh yeah, that was that yeah. was more. It came out in two thousand eleven. Uh, it did. That's a uh, that's a clean sweep. All right. That's a Rango uh, tricky, complete and total victory. Much like the uh, Memphis Grizzlies achieved over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes, that not, was my not version so of a seventy-point victory. Yes. Uh, Can the, you believe that happened? I can't. The biggest margin of victory in seventy. History. There are there are games when people score less than the margin of victory. Yes. Yeah. Wow. It, was, it was crazy. I. Uh, yes. Uh, well done. Thank you. On uh, the entire game. 
Uh, moving on to Come and Gone from a theater near you. Uh, are you ready to go back in time? Yeah. All right. I uh, just wanted to make sure. It's when it was earlier. Uh, yes. So we are doing 2009. Because it's late. Uh, this is, yes, this is going to be, uh, you know, another one of our uh, post-holiday weekends. So nothing really came out. So if you want, you can take a, uh, you can just take a stab here. But this is the third, well, opened in third place. And I expect to do our little plot game. This, yes, good. Okay, well, there was a Twilight film. Oh, did both Twilight and... Harry Potter come out that summer? Harry Potter did, because I was in Italy. I think I think Eclipse came out that summer. I... Son of a bitch. Oh, Eclipse. Um... Wait, you said 2009? Yeah, 2009. No, this is New Moon, so this there is a Twilight movie in there. That is correct. Yeah. That did come out, uh, this was its third Eclipse week. did come out in that, that next summer. All right. Yeah. It's third week. Yeah. I'm telling $30 million. No. Oh, $50 million. Did you say 50? Yeah. No. $20 million. You said it's third week, right? Yeah. Okay, $12 million. (laughs) No idea. It's also not part of this. No. Uh, What is it? 15. 15. 15.4. All right. Drop like a star. How much did it have at this point? Uh, two hundred and fifty-five. All right, so yeah, I thought it got to over three, maybe not. Um, how many more am I guessing? Just one. You're just you're just going. You've got one. Is this, is this the plot one? Yeah, yeah. That's all. That's that's all. That's mm. the, the holiday weekends are sparse. Four Nothing Christmases. No. Uh, this is nine. What's the date? Uh, December fourth. Golden Compass. No. I had it. It's 2007, probably. I don't know. Go ahead. All right. Uh, starting with five. Well, on tour in Afghanistan. Whoa. Hold on. Well, on tour in Afghanistan. Did I see this? I think you've seen this. Did you see this? I have not seen this, but I'd like to. You want to see this? Yes. Continue. All right. Two more. Sam's Copter. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it Brothers? Yes. <laughs> I haven't seen this. You haven't seen Brothers? No. Oh, we should watch Brothers. All right, fine. Why, is it supposed to be, like, really bad? I don't know if it's supposed to be bad. It's not supposed to be... I think it's supposed to be an Oscar player, and it's not. Okay. It was Jim Sheridan's, like, follow-up to uh, In America. Okay. Five, wow. year, five years later. Wow. He directed it. Extra yeah. surprised you haven't seen it. Yeah, well, I, I'm not a big fan of Toby. Um, uh, oh God, that didn't do well. Eight. Uh, nine and a half. Mm. So that's, uh, yeah, basically, uh, basically right there. Okay. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Up in the air opened uh, limited this week. Uh, Fifteen theaters, one point one million. Do you remember when we were doing the Oasis? Yes. Cool. <laughs> Good question. Uh, we we had a sketch where we did literal movie titles. Okay. Do you remember this? No. <laughs> so so like one of them was Castaway. So we were filming in a Columbia building. And we were rehearsing with the cast. It was you and me, and they said something, and you and I got so mad. And they're like, "You're like, no, wrong, wrong." And I threw my notebook, and we all went away. Yeah. Get away. Yeah, I, I do remember that. that well, one fun. one of them was up in the air, 
And it was just a shot of like I think some you looking up or somebody looking up, and the camera just pans up. And then what we did at the end was we would put the clip from the trailer where it says the title. Okay. Yeah. Right yeah, after yeah. it. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah, the yeah. thing panned up, and someone just said "up in the air" because that was in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. And that's every time I hear that title, I think of that bit. That's fun. Yeah. And for our final feature on this episode, uh, we bring back a very special guest. It's almost been a year since we started is that true has it been that long yeah we started in january of uh 2021 wow yeah damn so it's been just about a year uh getting willy with it is back if only for a brief segment so we had to bring back also for a brief segment the co-host of getting willy with it our good friend ahmad oats hello ahmad hello how are you all doing doing very well just fine um we decided at the end of the series that once Will Smith releases a new film, we'd catch up, get all get back together. We haven't spoken since that series ended. Um, we'd get back together and uh, uh, reevaluate the current film and rank it amongst our rankings that we we kept rankings of uh, this, the best performances and the best films. And so we're going to include his newest film, King Richard, released November nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green. I'm sitting back for these names. I really shouldn't. Starring Will Smith, Anjanu Ellis, Sanaya, Sidney, Demi Singleton, Tony Goldwyn, and John Bernthal. 91 on Rotten Tomatoes, 76 on Metacritic. It opened at number four with $5 million, I'm going through the whole thing. $5 million. Uh, it currently has a gross of $13 million domestic, $21 worldwide. It was announced in uh, March of 2019. Warner Brothers bought the, the rights to the film. Filming began in January of 2020, but was paused, obviously, in March due to the pandemic. Uh, the big story coming out of the film was that, obviously, Warner Brothers, um, at the end of last year, decided all their current slate for this year is going to be day and date with uh, HBO Max and in theaters. So... What they had to do was pay their stars back ends or what they would project the film would make. Back ends are um, basically the stars would of a movie would get the percentage of the gross. It's to incite them to go on talk shows and promote the film because if it does well, they get more money. Right. It's a pretty standard deal. It also helps offset the costs. Will Smith's not really making $20 million up front anymore, so it, it helps offset the cost of uh, big stars. So... Warner Brothers had to pay that. Um, they had to guess what the movie would make and come to a term agreement with uh, with Will and and uh, and other people in the cast. I'm sure had this as well. But do you think they guessed twenty million at most? No. <laughs> uh, Will Smith, according to reports, this is uh, from the Hollywood Reporter, made as much as forty million dollars. That includes the salary and the back end. Um, and then he personally wrote checks to everyone in the cast. Uh, two sources confirmed this, and so did Tony Goldwyn. Um, there were bonus on top of what they had already received from the studio. So he personally wrote checks because he was obviously going to get more from the back end deal than they were. Sure. And he uh, he wanted to uh, to take care of them. I thought that was really really nice. Yeah, that is cool. also why not? He has enough money. Yeah, he's never he's never going to notice that money is gone. Yeah. Um, Tony Goldwyn said, "I've been doing this for over thirty years. I've never worked with anyone as generous as Will." What you said, he gave bonuses and gifts to all the talent is true. 
when this movie, when Warner Brothers decided not to release it, to put it out on streaming, there's a lot of controversies, for, as people know, and we just got a call from Will saying, I'm going to make this right. I've never experienced it. I was floored. I just couldn't believe it. So that's nice. That uh, is nice. My, my next section of all, all these movies said personal history with King Richard, but we all just saw this. Um, so let's talk uh, last week. So let's talk <laughs> about it. Uh, Ahmad, did you watch it on HBO Max? I sure did. Okay, no, and I went to the theater. Did you? Wh- when did you watch it? Uh, probably last week at some point. Yeah, yeah, we did as well. Disappointingly, not the only ones in the audience. Yeah, for how badly it was doing, <laughs> yes. it seemed like we'd have a uh, a theater to ourselves, most likely. Not even mm. close, really. I wanted to be. There were two other people there. I wanted I to be there were more than that. No, it was just two. It was the, the guy oh. on the left and a woman behind us. Okay. I wanted to be cheering. I wanted to say, yeah, come on, <laughs> Richard, let him play. I wanted to do all that kind of stuff, and I couldn't. Uh, I did laugh out loud on several occasions, but, um, but yeah. Well, what uh, what did you – I know what Noah thought. What did you think, Ahmad, of King Richard? Uh, I really liked the film. Uh, Karen and I watched it together uh, on the random weekday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was a really good movie. I – I guess I knew more of Serena's story than Venus going in. So it was kind of a surprise to me that uh, Venus was kind of the kind of the yeah. main, the, the story kind of centered around her rather than Serena. I wasn't really expecting that, although I probably should have. Um, so I thought that was really cool. I thought the acting, especially by uh, Sanaya and Demi was, was incredible. And the fact that they had to learn how to actually play tennis like that is just ridiculous for, for how young they are. Um, but it was a, it was a really good watch. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I also was surprised that it was about one of the, the, the William sisters yeah. and not both of them. <laughs> yeah. As it was happening, like it made sense. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, of course, like Venus would have had to come up slightly before Serena. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I get it. But also it was like, but Serena's but then it like just, the megastar. But then it just became one over the other, and it was really was strange. I also, I agree. It, it they looked like they knew how to play tennis. Like I, I what didn't look like a lot of like, oh, that's somebody else, or <laughs> oh, they're just like speeding up footage, or this is certain right. angles. They looked like they were hitting the shit out of those balls. Yeah. yeah. The, I'm not much of a tennis watcher, but I did think the tennis scenes were very effective. Right. And one of the things I I heard, I I watched so many interviews after watching this movie. Um, Apparently, I think it was the the girl that played Venus. She's apparently left-handed and had to like learn how to do all of that with her offhand, which is even crazier. I'm just going to recast at that point. I (laughs) I don't want to make you go through that. That seems really hard. Or like truly, how many people know what Venus Williams dominant hand is? I think a lot. (laughs) <laughs> i also don't think they switch that often as far you know usually you just she probably just serves with her dominant hand so it's mm. probably pretty recognizable maybe i've just i i bet if the whole movie happened and venus williams was left-handed mm-hmm. the whole time i i i bet at least 90 percent of people either would not know her dominant hand or wouldn't have noticed mm. Noah King Richard. Yeah, uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was a a, a very solid, entertaining sports movie. Uh, I thought Will Smith was good in it. I I really enjoyed the uh, 
the whole the whole cast around him too. We uh, we mentioned both of the uh, the girls playing the Williams sisters was good. Uh, is Anjanu Ellis is that her name? Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. As uh, as Mrs. Richard, uh, incredibly good. <laughs> I don't Richard Williams as Richard Williams' wife. Yeah. <laughs> the, the matriarch of <laughs> the story. There you go. Yeah. I uh, John Bernthal career best performance absolutely uh, i'm not even a bernthal fan stole, he was great in it stole the movie at times that accent uh, mostly the times that accent screen. come uh, on richard come on yeah <laughs> where is he from nobody knows yeah. uh yeah really really enjoyed uh really enjoyed him and overall uh enjoyed the movie uh very solidly i'd say i loved it i thought it was a smashing entertainment um, I thought it was captivating throughout. I loved how they seemed to go an extra layer as far as developing the relationships of these characters. There were scenes that would have just ended in a normal movie and there were natural stopping points. And then this one dared to just keep going and develop uh, the characters even further. My main example is the fight between the parents in the new house when she basically it's the time where she basically says you have other kids and it's the first time we learn that he leaves the kitchen on a line where she says you know um this is that's typical you which is normally where this would end but then she follows it's it was like a five minute scene yeah. and then she follows him out into the hall and continues the discussion i thought yeah that's what would happen <laughs> Just because he leaves doesn't mean that that's conversations over and they're just going to be, you know, apart. I, I really like that. It took the time to be like, we are making this like generic sports feel good movie about these two icons, but we're also telling a story about people and we want these characters to be something other than just the parents of these superstars. So I really appreciated um, that they went the extra mile uh, in the movie. I thought it was incredibly entertaining. Uh, everyone was great in it. Uh, uh, Sinaya Sydney, especially, was terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, Anjanu Ellis was Oscar war- nomination worthy. And Will Smith, uh, we should talk about uh, as well. Um, I thought he was just great. I there, there are performances where people disappear into a role. Where you know, um, which, Jared Leto is Paolo. We Gucci. we just yeah we yeah exactly. Speaking of House of Gucci, which we we saw the Jared Leto, he has a fat suit and a weird voice and he a bald cap, and I can't even tell that's Jared Leto. And then there are the Daniel Day Lewises who are just like he just becomes that character, you yeah. know. And Will Smith did the same thing. It just to me it was a subtle change. He he his. You know, sure, he had makeup on and he looked haggard and and he had what I assume was a fake beard. Um, But it was his 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 movements. He had hand twitches. His he stood differently. And you could tell that if if a shot was from his his neck up, you could tell that his whole body was was being in the character. There were just little moments involving his hands, the way he was walking, his eyes. He looked so tired. His eyes looked so exhausted the whole time mm-hmm. um, that there were moments and this is hard for me in general, but there were moments where I was, I didn't like forget. I didn't think like I'm watching Richard Williams, but I forgot there was a performance happening. I, I, I did. I wasn't, there were moments where I wasn't entirely aware that it was uh, uh, Will Smith. Dude, um, I'm completely with you. <laughs> I, I literally, as, as we were watching it said to Karen, 
I was like, you know what? Like, I just forgot that I was watching Will Smith just now. Like, yeah. like I literally said, yeah. like, like I know that this is Will Smith, but like he's playing this role so well that I just yeah. like it didn't even occur to me that I was watching Will Smith. I was just watching this story play out. It was so weird. And and there are moments in biopics where people go, I thought I was watching Mr. Rogers. And I, I, I always think, no, you didn't. You know he's dead and this is a movie, you know? But so I never got to that point because that's insane. But like, yeah, he did just kind of disappear into mm-hmm. I'm just watching a, a, a character. Yeah. It, ne- it never quite got there for me. No, it was I, Noah was constantly shouting at the screen. That's <laughs> that's just big Willie. Yeah, we know what's happening. Get out of here, Mike, Hitch. Mike Lowry, <laughs> stop it. Let her play, guy from Collateral Beauty. I uh, no, that's, and I don't. He, you were a shark once. I don't want to be. Fish. I don't want to be the one that's like denigrating here because I thought Will Smith was very good in the movie. Uh, normally, when he goes for like drama, yeah, like this, mm. it just just doesn't work at all with a few notable exceptions. And here I thought he was really good. Uh, but he did, he did throughout pretty much the whole movie. It, it felt to me like Will Smith, like doing a thing. I, I, I don't, I don't think this is a, like the pinnacle of what he's capable of. You know, I, I still think that Will Smith as an actor uh, can be in like King Richard quite good, very good performance. Uh, but Will Smith as like a, a superstar in Bad Boys or Men in Black, just being like a a charismatic force of nature, I uh, st- still nearly unmatched. Yeah. So that that is to say, this is certainly like a probably top twenty five percent Will Smith performance for me. Uh, very good. Maybe his best like dramatic performance in my mind i don't i don't know how i'd put it against pursuit of happiness uh but not not or quite like vance <laughs> <laughs> no i think i know how i'd put it against bagger vance i uh, so yeah good not not yeah. like career best or yeah. anything for me you know I've, i find is always a good indication of a sports movie is when it ends and i go i i, I could watch this sport yeah and sure. I felt that way here. <laughs> I was like, oh, why don't I watch more tennis? Oh, yeah. It's very exciting. Ma, do you ever watch tennis? Ma, oh, did, did we lose him? Is he watching tennis? I'm sorry. Now? Yeah, you you broke up. I oh. didn't hear. I heard my name and that was it. <laughs> he, oh, said, he said, do you watch tennis? Oh, God. It he is gone. flabbergasted by <laughs> these questions. I, how about now? I can hear Karen behind him. There's chopping. I can. I'm like hearing like every five seconds of what you all are saying. So it's just coming in and out. Well, that's very distressing. Let's see. You you tell us when it's back to normal. We'll talk amongst ourselves. He probably didn't hear that. Yeah. I did hear I that. Watched... Oh, he did uh, hear that. Okay. Do you watch tennis? <laughs> I do watch tennis. Ah! <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that was the question. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm I'm actually a big fan of Serena. So whenever she's um in a big a big match either at one of the one of the opens, I'll usually find out what obscene time I need to to put it on my TV because it's usually just like during the day. 
Um, and I'll always watch all of her matches. Um, same with Naomi Osaka and sure. Coco. I don't know her last name, but she's another up and coming black tennis star. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I do enjoy the sport. I, cool. I've tried it. To, I've tried it a few times. I've seen a big, a few like big matches. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. And it it work it works for me. It's kind of on the same level of golf. It's as a like, great noise. This is a uh, this this is like a good. <laughs> A good thing. It's just going to be on TV like all day. That ball it takes hitting a long time. That ball hitting that racket. It's a great noise. It is. It's just yeah. a yeah. soothing noise. It's like a like a pit, a fastball hitting a mitt. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I just thought this was rock solid. I can't imagine why I didn't do that well. Other than just families are seeing other things and. I I th- I I think in a healthier marketplace it could have had a chance in a less crowded weekend maybe or mm. maybe even a Christmas release yeah. like the second choice to Spider Man you know that kind of thing but um it's tough because this is just like this is an old school crowd pleaser yeah it's a real shame it's a shame uh, shall we uh, yes. give it some ratings uh yeah well we have to rank it out of uh we have to give it stars yeah. So out of four stars, we'll start with Noah Hill, the lowest. Uh, this was a solid three-star <laughs> film for me. Great. Ahmad, what are you giving it for out of four stars? Uh, I'll give it a three as well. And uh, this was one of my few uh, four-star, four out of four. This is wow. just this is a pure example of cinematic entertainment uh, for the whole family. I, I, I just think that everyone would have a great time. Of this kind of movie making, this is the, the best of it. So... Uh, four stars for me. All right, so is, uh, what? just uh, just going back through the records, uh, not only your only four star awarded in this series, but the only four stars. Wow, there you go. There you go. All right, so our rankings, and I'm only going to list them all off once we've ranked this one. Yeah. So. Where do we feel? And I know Ahmad doesn't have the list in front of him. We should have sent that over. So no, I have, Ahmad, it. I have it. Oh, perfect. Oh, he has it. Great. Okay. So where do we all feel King Richard should rank in his? Uh, let's start with. Uh, let's start with films. Films themselves. Okay. Hmm. I. This is. I was reminded when looking at these rankings earlier. Uh, always the tough part of this because our uh, our consensus varies. Yes. Uh, in many places. I, I, I think a easy, easy point, uh, definitely top 10. Yeah. Right Agreed. off the bat. I, I will, uh, I will ignore my, uh, significantly higher, uh, respect for here's, focus than you two have. He, here's, here's what I'll say. Cause I, I, I think this might be easier. I, I'm not going to go less than five. Okay. But I could be talked into, you know, behind four. I guess that's really pigeonholing you all. But, yeah. Okay, what I'm saying is no, no. no. What I'm saying is I'm not going to go less. What I'm than saying is what I'm, what I'm saying is this will be five. Yeah. Uh, no, no. What I'm saying is I in 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 my mind I think it's you know two three. I th- I think it's I think it's around two or three. Okay, but I could be talked into it being around four or five. I just don't think it's. I don't think it's. Gotcha. I don't think Bad Boys well, for Life our, is better. Our uh, our three, four, and five right now is Pursuit of Happiness, Bad Boys Two, and Bad Boys for Life. Correct. I, I think that's a a fine place for it. 
I and like this is this is where it's tough. Personally, I'd put it over Pursuit of Happiness behind Bad Boys for Life, which is (laughs) always say I know it happens a lot. Uh, So I maybe split the difference and throw it at four. Just Ahmad, behind where, happiness. Where, where, yeah, Ahmad, what are you thinking? You feeling before we started discussing this? Um, I was definitely thinking like top six. Um, so I'm I'm liking where we're looking. If I had to put it someplace in between this like pursuit of happiness, bad boys for life spot, I would probably put it between bad boys two and bad boys for life. I I think looking at the list that that would be what I advocate for also is cause I, I, I would want a representation of bad boys above, above it. King Richard, uh, without needing both of them. Yeah. And I just, I don't think bad boys for life. While I love it is a better film than King Richard. Yeah. I so I'm fine with it at five then. All right. Uh, King Richard at five. All right. So our rankings, it's now 28 for Will Smith's blockbuster films. At 27, The Legend of Bagger Vance. 26, Bright. 25, After Earth. Why are you smirking? I just I just wanted to boo 20, The Legend of Bagger Vance. <laughs> 24, Collateral Beauty. 23, Wild Wild West. 22, Suicide Squad. If he was in the sequel, that would be much higher. Uh, 21, Shark Tale. 20, Concussion. 19, Bad Boys. 18, uh, 7 Pounds. 17, I, Robot. 16, Gemini Man. 15, Men in Black. 2, 14, Hancock, 13, Aladdin, 12, Independence Day, 11, Spies in Skies, and number 10, I'm getting this all wrong. These all should be one more. <laughs> just saying. Uh, j- yeah, just work, work, that, work that out. Um, okay, um, great. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just start here. Number 11, Hitch. And number 10, Ali. At number 9, Men in Black 3. At number 8, Focus. At number 7, I Am Legend. At number 6, Bad Boys for Life. At number five, the new film, King Richard. Four is Bad Boys 2. Three, The Pursuit of Happiness. Two, Enemy of the State. And still the best Will Smith film, Men in Black. All right, performance-wise, where do we feel? We'll start with Ahmad. Where, where, where are you thinking this goes? Hmm, this one was tougher for me than <laughs> ranking the actual film. Um, I, I still have it top five. Um, I would agree there for sure. God, it's so hard to put anything over his Bad Boys Two performance. So I'm like you stuck in the same spot, <laughs> right? But that was hard too. How did we do that exactly? <laughs> um, I'm honestly at the same spot between four and five. I'm I, I, I could be convinced, but but yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I am legends like the whole movie. Enemy of the state is interesting. Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, I am sitting here with the the benefit of time, also thinking Enemy of the State is three. <laughs> In my mind, this is easily fighting with Pursuit of Happiness for his best performance. But again, I can, I will be talked I, down. I I think I'm again. I'm I'm fi- I'm fighting against my uh, my instincts where like I. I generally think I would take this performance over Pursuit of Happiness, but but right. not yeah, but not over Bad Boys, which can't, <laughs> can't can't be done on this list. I so yeah, I'm Bad, Bad would, Boys is always tough because like he's half the he's half the movie. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's somebody else there who outshines him in most of that sequel too. I mean, Will Smith doesn't have a high on drugs moment in in Bad Boys 2. I just it's 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 tough because King Richard is the same length of time essentially and he uh-huh. is the whole film. Yeah. And I, I am Legends the same way and so is Pursuit. I think Martin Lawrence is quite good in the Bad Boys films. Uh, I think to say he would outshines Will Smith ever is uh, cuckoo yeah, bananas. He outshines <laughs> him in the scene where he has a full set piece based on his comedic abilities. Maybe. You think uh, Will Smith is better in that scene than Martin Lawrence? I, I think he's better in the movie than Martin Lawrence. That's uh, what I'm saying. I'm saying he has moments where he outshines him, and that's one of the moments. All right. The scene Fine. is built for Martin Lawrence, so it makes sense. I'm not saying that he steals the scene from him, but. Sure. Uh, anyway, I I would maybe split the difference and vote to put this at two. Unless, I don't know, Ahmad, just uh, this against Pursuit of Happiness as his like big dramatic roles how you feeling there uh i think i still have pursuit over this one i'm i'm perfectly fine with king richard uh going in that two slot for his performance all right uh brian that's fine king richard at two all right, so now I will do the correct rankings. <laughs> at twenty, the best Will Smith performances, number twenty-eight, The Legend of Bagger Vance, number twenty-seven, hey. After Earth, at number twenty-six, Shark Tale, number twenty-five, Bright. Then, how about this? Wild West, Independence Day, Men in Black Two, Concussion, Suicide Squad, Hancock, Bad Boys, Gemini Man, Collateral Beauty, at number fifteen, Seven Pounds, I Robot. Spies in Disguise, Men in Black 3, Hitch at number 10, Focus at number 9, Aladdin, 8, Men in Black, 7, Ali, 6, Bad Boys for Life, 5, Bad Boys 2, 4, Enemy of the State, 3, I Am Legend, at number 2, the most recent performance, King Richard, and still number 1, The Pursuit of Happiness. There we have it. I don't know if he has another movie on the horizon. I am checking now. Uh, obviously, they they want to, you know, have another uh, Bad Boys that they've been talking about, and, and and so on and so forth. It looks like his oh, that's right. He's going to be in a film called Emancipation, directed by Antoine Fuqua, huh. uh, which is about you guessed it, slavery. Oh, uh, great. After being, oh boy, the way this premise starts, everyone, after being whipped nearly to death, a slave named Peter escapes from a Louisiana plantation, outwitting cold-blooded hunters as he makes his way north where he joins the Union Army. The film is based on the true story of an escaped slave named Gordon. Don't know why they changed his name to Peter. Photographs of his bareback heavily scourged. from Okay, so that's just about him. Um, Ben Foster is in it. I bet he's a racist in it. Um, That seems right. That's a good role for him. Uh, but yeah, that's oh, that's going to be Apple TV. So that'll be in some theaters, but that'll eventually come out. So that's his next film. And we'll be back for that. All right. <laughs> oh, boy. boy. Ahmad, we'll see you again you, in the wild. You, emancipation <laughs> comes out. Do you think that if he wins his Oscar for King Richard, he just drops out of emancipation? <laughs> he's like, you know what? I think I'm fine. I really don't no, think I, I need th- to stretch I think, this. I think he's I think he's bitter over passing on Django Unchained. Yeah, he's and, like, I want to do Django, but seriously. Yeah, and, and, some, and someone told him that the, the movies were similar and they were wrong. <laughs> Maybe it'll be good. 
You know, it's interesting. Um, not as many N words as the Quentin Tarantino uh, script. So oh. go figure. Um, yeah, I think he has a good chance of getting, he's going to get a nomination. He has a good chance of getting that Oscar for this. All right. Which would be very exciting and a, a kind of a career defining moment for him. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. He is, he could be our greatest actor who's also just a pure movie star in a way where like his movies are just blockbusters. He doesn't really trade off like a Damon or, or whatever, but in sure. the modern sense, he could be just the best actor who's also just the biggest movie star in the world. What about uh, crazy old Tom Cruise? <laughs> Tom Cruise is very good too. He's yeah. a great actor. That's, that's a good, that's a good one. But uh, we'll see. Um, Oscars are in like March this year. All right. That is it. Ahmad, what, you're, you're in your last season of your podcast. Give it a quick plug. Yes. Thinking outside the boombox in its fourth and final season. Uh, upcoming episodes, my top 75 songs of 2021. And wow. currently top 30 albums. I think I'm going to actually stick to that number. Um, but yes, thinking outside the boombox on all streaming platforms. Do you do you count EPs in the album ranking as well? Actually, this year I've separated uh, them out, so I'll be talking about the top five EPs outside of the the album list. I only have forty one things total, and that includes EPs ranked. Oh, good lord! <laughs> you listen to a lot. Of music. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah but I. I bet you've seen more movies. I Very currently true. have 56. King Richard was actually, no, we saw a few since I've updated. It's like 50, 61, 62. All right. Uh, with so many more to go. All right. Uh, let's see. Should we wrap it up here? Yeah, I think so. Let me take a look and see what, if we have anything else. No, no. Cause we'll do that. Okay, great. Yeah. Plug us up. Okay. You can find us at what's in the box We're on Twitter at wit box office. That is also our Instagram handle. I'm on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I'm at Brenda server D S U R B E R. And of course the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere. Podcasts are found. We are on stitcher. Uh, we are on Apple podcasts. We are on Spotify. Uh, I almost just made another Spotify rap joke, but then remembered I did that last week. And so I rap is over my joke. <laughs> we're to the new Spotify year. Uh, recommend a movie. Ah, yes. Ahmad, we're going to have you do one as well, if, if you would. Go ahead. Oh, boy. Noah. Oh, dear. Uh, all, all I can think of is Stupid House of Gucci. <laughs> uh, which, uh, no, I mean, listen, odds are you haven't seen King Richard, and I'm going first, so I choose King Richard. Um, it's that's, very fun. Yeah, I think House of Gucci is also very fun. Uh, if you're looking for a good time, you could do that. But I'm actually going to recommend West Side Story. It comes out on Friday. I have not seen it. I cannot wait, and I'd like it to make money. So please go see it. Uh, Ahmad, what about you? What should people see? Uh, go watch The Harder They Fall on Netflix. If you've already seen it, go watch it again. It's an incredible movie. I will probably watch it again within the next three days. All right. Wow. And I can't believe I'm doing this outro with a guest, but uh, this has been What's in the Box Office. I've been your host, Brian. And I've been your host, Noah. And until uh, we'll see you next week. And until then, as Krusty the Clown once said, have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Crazy Kwanzaa, a Tip Top Tet, and a Solemn Eventful Ramadan.